This episode is brought to you by Dadgrass. We'll call this a little pre-episode smoke break. I came across Dadgrass a couple months back and figured I'd give it a shot. I thought because of the lockdown, it would be nice to sit in my backyard, listen to some music, maybe drink a beer and light up a joint every now and then. The Dadgrass pre-rolls do exactly what I want. Music sounds a little better, I smile a little wider, and most importantly, I keep a clear head. I got my buddy Sean hip to these recently too. Now we FaceTime a few times a week, sit outside, and enjoy a mellow, casual smoke together. Dadgrass makes 100% organic hemp CBD joints that serve up a clean buzz so you can get just high enough. They're totally legal, there's no extra taxes, and they can be shipped nationwide. If you're looking for your own smoke break, head to dadgrass.com, throw a few joints in your cart, and enter discount code FOODONTOUR at checkout for 20% off. Oh, and while there's no legal age for the consumption of CBD or hemp right now, if you're under 21, this isn't the product for you. But now you got something to look forward to. Maybe tell your dad about it. Head to dadgrass.com for more info. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Food on Tour. My name's Mike Robinson, and we're up to episode 17. If you've been enjoying the podcast, do me a favor, go leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help me out a lot, and it only takes you a few seconds. And we finally have a listener recommendation, which I'm really psyched about. I hope more people send stuff like this in. But Royce Whitaker reached out to me on Instagram. He's one half of an L.A.-based band called Jupiter Winter. He was music director for The Naked and Famous. Um, and he toured all last year with uh, Marianas Trench, playing guitar, keys, and also music directing. Uh, and that brought him to Buffalo, which is where this recommendation is. Uh, it's called Billy Club in Buffalo. And he sent me some photos. It looks really awesome. Looks like some great pasta dishes, um, really great cocktails. And he said that while he was on tour with Marianas Trench, they would do a daily cocktail hour, which I'm a very big fan of. They would seek out the city's coolest cocktail bars and hang there for a bit and have a drink. So Royce, thank you for reaching out and sending that. I'll post some photos that he sent me on Instagram coming up. And if you've got any recommendations like that, feel free to send them our way either on Instagram or email at foodontourguys at gmail.com. Today I'm talking with Andrew Marshall. He's a LA-based drummer, plays for Billie Eilish now. He played for Verite as well in the past, but he's been on tour with Billie pretty much since she started. And we're going to talk about New York City. It's sort of a big undertaking. There's no way all this stuff can be covered in even like five episodes, but we're going to talk about some of Andrew's favorite places in New York, some of his favorite meals while on tour with Billy, and what he looks forward to when he gets back home to Los Angeles. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the conversation with Andrew. I live in LA now. I grew up in New York and I spent three years there after college playing in town. Um, and I, you know, I played with a bunch of songwriters and I did wedding gigs and musical theater gigs and all kinds of things. And, um, the, the project that I played with there that maybe m- most people in our circle might know about would be this artist called Verite, who's awesome. I toured with her for like two and a half years and we, um, we did some U S tours and some support tours and headlining tours. And I went to Europe for the first time with her and, um, Shortly after that, I moved to L.A. and and then I started working with Billie Eilish like six months after I moved, something like that. And um, yeah, I've been touring with her for like also about two and a half years now. Um, Yeah. I would just want to point out that when you started working with Billie, I mean, I remember 
talking with you like during the audition process and stuff, her whole tour was already sold out. So you yeah, were like, yeah, you yeah. were like thrown into the fire and it, yeah. it just exploded so quickly. Yeah, it was, it was quite an interesting time then because it was very new, but um, like you said, she was sort of, she was really like blowing up fast and um, it was really fun and really chaotic. And um, the venues sort of didn't really match where she was at, which which happens, you know, with artists like that, where they had booked it like six months in advance or a year in advance or something. And, um, so it was great. I mean, I basically just got an audition. I got a call for an audition for a sold out, like three month tour. I mean, it was all announced and, you know, already sold out and stuff. So, um, that was really fun. And it was like pretty skeleton crew wise. Um, it varied. The number of people on that tour varied over the course of it. Like we went to Australia first Actually, Singapore was the first show, and then we did New- we did New Zealand and Australia, and then we went to Europe, and we kind of got a couple more people. But I think the the largest number of people on that tour that we had at any time was like eight or ten, something like that. Yeah, um, including and, including like yourself, Phineas, and, and Billy. Yep, Crazy. exactly. Yeah, and their parents, and then um, we had like some other people, tour manager, front of house, merch, things like that, and. Um, and it's grown a lot since then. Um, but those were, you know, the early days I was like running playback and we were setting up all our stuff and we did like the classic South by route with like just insane. Like, I don't even know why anyone thinks that's really possible for bands to do, like set up in ears and tracks and like pads and stuff in like four minutes. Yeah. It's really intense. I mean, I did South by with Morgan. I've done South by with a few bands now, but Morgan is like, I mean, you've seen his setup. It's like pretty tech heavy and doing that stuff at South by is like so intense. Oh yeah. And terrifying. And And honestly, like a lot of the shows aren't really that good. They like suffer from, from that. Yep. Everything runs late, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it would be really fun if you're playing in like a three piece punk band that had zero technical requirements and you're not, you're like maybe even barely bringing cymbals, like maybe there's cymbals there and you just sit down with your sticks and like, that would be fun because you know, you're not schlepping a ton of gear around or whatever. But, um, yeah, I feel like I know some people that like just refuse to do South by, and (laughs) this is, this is the first year I think in like eight years that I haven't done it. And because oh, wow. it, it didn't happen, obviously. Right. So that's kind of wild. I mean, you know, it's love hate. I've had good times there and I'm also kind of like good riddance a little bit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you've obviously been touring a lot. You've had a lot of experience on the road and I know you're also like a, a fairly health conscious person. So what is your relationship with food while you're on tour? Great question. Um, it has, it has definitely changed a lot. Like in the beginning I was just eating all the things and like trying to, you know, experience everything I possibly could. And I still do. Like I love like, you know, eating new foods in different places and trying local delicacies and things. But, um, over time I've really started to understand how it's, how it affects me and my mental health and my physical health on the road, how I eat and when I eat really. Um, is schedule is schedule of, of like when you're going to eat and like versus like sound check or showtime or whatever. Is that like a, a big thing for you while you're on tour? It is. And it has become a lot more so in the last year or two. And maybe that's like an age thing, you know, as you get older, like your body changes and how mm-hmm. you respond to food and sleep changes. But 
I think like in the beginning I could kind of just do whatever 2 a.m. Like pizza, you know, or like Philly cheesesteaks, like fine, no problem. (laughs) Now it's like if I do, I, I basically have sworn off the after show food because it just doesn't do anything good for me. And that is really hard when you, you walk off stage. Oh man, you're just ravenous. And like, there's just so many burritos, like, (laughs) oh man, it's, it's tough. And (laughs) I, you know, I do break it from time to time, but like pretty much I, I just don't do that because, um, it just, you know, I wake up in the morning, I feel bad and like you're on the bus or, or yeah. whatever. Um, and also I find that like food is really related to like circadian rhythm, which I didn't really understand until the past year. Like I, I would get like really bad insomnia, especially if I was coming home from a tour where there was like jet lag involved. Um, just cause like the schedule changes so much, especially even on tour, like where you don't, you might not have to do anything till sound check or, and then the next day you have to get up at 5am for a flight, like having that wild sleep schedule, it, like just created a lot of insomnia and like food is related to that. So like if I eat at random times, my body is just confused. And, um, you know, if I eat dinner at midnight, it thinks that it's 7 PM and I can't sleep and all these kind right. of things, you know? So I've just really tried to start having like just a, you know, not like military regimented, but at least some kind of a regular schedule where I'm like eating breakfast before noon, at least, you know, yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of with you on the routine thing. Like for me eating on the road at like routine times throughout the day, day after day, I never really thought about the sleep cycle thing, but it's mostly like a familiarity thing for me. Like it makes me feel it's like a comfort thing. You know what I mean? It sort of makes me gives me this sense of of familiarity while you're wherever the fuck you are, you know? Yep. Yeah, totally. So we're going to focus on New York City, which is that's right. Quite an undertaking. Yes. (laughs) And I just want to say before we get into this for anyone listening, like this is not meant to be end all be all New York uh, overview, but more so like personalized to you, Andrew, and, and maybe some places that you like return to time after time. So, yeah. And you know, that's actually sort of like the beauty of New York city is that you talk to 10 different people, you get 10 different answers about anything. Absolutely. I'd love to hear like other people's take on New York. And I, I feel like I have, I mean, I'm always discovering new places in New York and the beauty of it is like I, I grew up there and I lived there for a while. We both did. But every time I go there now, it's now it's like a touring destination and I just always discover new places. So I feel Does that, that change um, your routine in New York. Like do you still feel like a hometown thing when you get back there or is it like the same as going to, I don't know, like San Francisco for you now? No, there's definitely a hometown aspect of it. Like I'll definitely try to frequent places that I've been to before that I've or that I love, you know, um, and discover new places. And there's definitely a familiarity. Um, but also New York is just constantly changing. I mean, every time I go back to ever go, I go to Williamsburg and I'm like, wow, it's, it's even more Dude. shellacked. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> you know? it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your favorite places in New York? Man. Um, the, the first one that comes to mind is my favorite pizza spot in New York, which, um, you know, Again, 10 different people, 10 different answers. But this is kind of random. Um, it's called Sal and Carmine's. It's on like 104th and Central Park West, I think, or um, or Amsterdam. And it's it's just like your average, like, you know, hole in the wall. It looks like any other pizza spot. But I think the dough is like sourdough or something. It's incredible. It's like so salty and good. 
the dude behind the counter, I guess he's probably the owner is like this, just, just like, he's just mean. Like, you know, <laughs> you can just tell he doesn't like you. And like, that's, he just hands you the pizza and like grunts kind of. And <laughs> I, you know, I love that. That place is amazing. Yeah. What's your go-to slice there? Just plain. Yeah. Just cheese. Yeah. Cheese slice. I kind of feel like if I'm, I mean, this is less true in New York because I've had so much pizza. But if I'm like going to go to a place and have the classic food at that place, I'm just going to get the unadulterated one, like the yeah. most basic form of it. And, you know, in New York, that's just a cheese slice. Like I was talking to somebody once about like that this issue of like, you know, getting like the classic New York slice or the classic bagel and putting like some something weird on it. It's kind of like going to like Italy to get gelato and you put gummy bears on it or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's like kind of how I think. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. I just want the thing and like in its original state. Um, well, I'm glad you covered pizza first. Cause I was, that was a question I wanted to ask you your favorite pizza in New York, but are there any other types of outside of pizza, any other types of food that you really look forward to in New York? Sandwiches are a big one. That's one thing that I really miss. Um, not living in New York anymore. And of course you can get a great sandwich in LA, but there's like a specific brand of like deli sandwich in New York that it's not the same anywhere else. It's really not. It's really <laughs> not. You can't, you just can't get it. Um, and you know, that's fine. Like you just, you just go to each place and you get what they're known for and yeah. that'll keep you happy. Don't try to like get something from somewhere else in a certain place. You know? Right. So what's your, what's your favorite sandwich in New York? There's a spot in in uh, Williamsburg, I think it's on Graham. Um, it's called Anthony and Son or Anthony and Son. Dude, Anthony and Son is one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. You know it, yes. Yeah, it's right down the street from Brooklyn Steel. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. So the first time I went there, we were we were playing at Brooklyn Steel, and I had never been. And we walked in, and there was like a decent amount of people in there. And while we were waiting for our sandwiches. They were just handing out slices of fresh mozzarella that they're making in there. Oof. And they were like, you just want some mozzarella with your, while you wait for your sandwich? And we were like, yeah, of course. Oh, dude. <laughs> so we got, I think we got the FDNY, which was chicken cutlet, mozzarella, vodka sauce. Yep. And they're just massive. Like They're huge. Yeah. And you can really tell, I mean, at least the times I've been there, like whoever's making it, they really take care. They're like so proud to hand you that just the classic New York sandwich, you know? Yeah. I love a deli sandwich from New York and a black cherry, um, polar seltzer water. Oh, that's classic. like my favorite New York combo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. And like bodegas too, like just, you know, good bodega sandwiches. Actually, that makes me think of Sunny and Annie's. Do you know that spot? No. Where's that? Oh man. That's in the East village. It's on, I think ninth and Avenue a or sixth and Avenue a, um, and it's like, looks like any other bodega, but you go in and they have this ridiculous menu of all these like wild sandwiches. Um, some of them have like, like there's like, I think there's like Korean inspired stuff. There's like kimchi vibes and just all kinds of things. And those are really amazing. That's an amazing sandwich spot too. There's another one in, um, in Williamsburg that I used to go to all the time that is like, it's the sandwiches are good. They're like, they're nowhere near Anthony and son, but it's called Hana. And they're just like, you walk in, there's like this massive chalkboard behind the deli 
and it's just full of sandwiches. Like it's like a 20 foot wide chalkboard, just like full of sandwiches. Oh yeah. And they all have ridiculous names like the MILF and like munch on my box and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's pretty awesome. Yep. It's all about the food, you know, it's yeah. like, there's no, there's no service. There's no ambiance. No. We don't need any of that. So, okay. I know you have your list open. Let's just run through your list. I want to hear all of it. Yeah. It's funny because my list actually, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like my saved places in New York is semi random because a lot of the places I would go, like, just never made it into the list or whatever. Let's see what I have on here. 61 Local is a cool spot that's in um, Cobble Hill. Sort of like upscale bar, like gastropub kind of vibe. I love Cobble Hill. My wife used to live there. Like when we first started dating, she lived there. And that, that might be my favorite neighborhood in New York. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Ton of good food. It's super charming over there. Yeah. I, I love it down there. It's very, um, it's very accessible to everything and... I mean, that brownstone Brooklyn thing is just, you know, so much of what I love about New York. And yeah, totally. I, I have a weird memory of playing a house party in Park Slope when I was in high school with a funk band, like a seven <laughs> That's piece, so cool. a seven piece funk band. <laughs> and it was, I think it was also like, I mean, it was like a high school house party. So like, it wasn't supposed to be happening anyway, really. And like, I mean, within like, I think we got through an intro of the first song and like it was shut down immediately. Like neighbor came in and just grabbed the mic and like unplugged it. it was <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that neighborhood. Lots of great, lots of great food down there. Um, let's see what else do I have variety coffee mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Very that was a staple. Spot. That was a staple for me too. We would always, the guitar player in my old band lived down the street from there. That's where we would go every morning. I think there's a couple of them now, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great spot. Good ambiance. And I'm not like a huge coffee guy in terms of like, like I can't like some of the people I, I tour with, they're amazing with coffee. Like they, they just make the best coffee and like, we have like the whole like chemistry set. Are you talking specifically about Drew Thornton? (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's one of them. He's definitely (laughs) one of them. Shout out to Drew King of coffee. Um, and even like when we were touring with Verite and stuff, like you'd have the AeroPress and, yeah. you know, sometimes I would mooch and have like the good coffee. It was great. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm always trying to get those guys to like make it for me, but then we have like the chemistry set, like, um, you know, touring case, like, there's, right. you know, yeah. like <laughs> you, there's like beakers and like, you know, <laughs> lab coats and like whatever. Um, but I just, I'm in the morning, I'm like, I can't really do that. I mean, I'll make some, I'll like buy a good coffee, but I'm like, I need it faster. Yeah. yeah, Um, but, but that being said, like, I definitely appreciate a good cup of coffee. So like, you know, when people recommend things, I can get one. I definitely try to save those places. Um, yeah. What's, what else do I have? Vanessa's dumpling house. I mean, that's, that's just classic. Have you had, um, Kings County Imperial? Do you know that place? No, that's a a place that it's been there for, I think a while now, but a friend of mine just turned me onto it like a year or two ago and it's across the street from hotel Jolie. So yep. everyone who's ever been on a bus tour in New York has probably parked under that bridge at one point mm-hmm. and their dumplings are incredible. Like m- possibly my favorite dumplings in New York now. Oh man. Yeah. They're like really, really good, man. I can't like wait. I can't wait to check the show notes and put all those places in my saved. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, really awesome. And they do this thing called dim sum supper after like four or 5 PM. And I think you, 
you can do it for like two people or four people. And I think you get a certain amount of items or whatever. Like say if you do it for two people, maybe you get four items off the menu. It's super cheap and you can mm-hmm. just try a bunch of stuff, get some dumplings and it's really awesome. Oh, hell yeah, man. There was one place that I can't remember the name of now, but I think they were in the New York Times because they would do these massive soup dumplings. But mm. they would they would only make like twenty five of them or something. Yeah, I saw it's. Uh, I want to say it's on the Lower East Side. A friend of mine wanted to go there one day. I think so. Yeah, or like maybe near Bowery. Um, I think that rings a bell, definitely. But they serve oh. them with those gigantic like straws in the dumpling or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's just so good. It's so ridiculous. There's so yeah. much good Chinese food in New York. Yeah, nice green bao and Joe Shanghai. I mean, you know, those are classics. Yeah, yeah. Joe Shanghai's another one of those places where they just like. They don't want you in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, again, I appreciate that because it's about the food. Like they're not making, I mean, not that ambiance or service is bad, but like, let's get down to business here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, order your sandwich and then like get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I, it's, it's funny because in New York specifically, I, I feel like there's such a juxtaposition between those two kinds of places because there are so many places in New York that I feel like have really mediocre food and they're just like really beautiful inside and people love to go hang. Yeah. But then there's also the places that has incredible food and you you can't even sit down if you want to and no one's going to speak to you, you know? Right. You have to like beg for someone's attention to order food. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that, that is very common in New York and like, I'm happy to throw down for like a really good meal, but there's nothing worse than paying a lot of money for something that's mediocre in a really nice package. Right. You know? Yeah. That's just the worst. Cause you're like, we also like waited, we made a reservation. We like spent, you know, three hours here or whatever. Yeah. I'm kind of skipping over some that like ended up in my list, but I don't really remember. Um, Gramercy bagels. Don't know where it. is where is that? This is pro- this is kind of an interesting point that I've I've often thought about, and I believe this is probably just some like bagel spot that I happened to go to once, and I saved it. And like, I feel like that's the mark of a great food city. Is not necessarily it's number one. It's it's the mark of a great food city and the mark of an ama- of an excellent local food. Where it's not like oh you have to go to this spot. It's, right. it's like you can go to any spot that serves it and it's probably going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, you there's know? plenty of bagel shops, like even in, in Williamsburg that my friends will be like, oh, you don't go there. And like, I, I'll still go there. And it's like, this bagel was great. It was totally fine. But like, yeah, sure. Maybe there's a place down the block that's even better. But the bagel at the shitty place is like light years ahead of getting a bagel in L.A. or right. or, or anywhere else, you know. Yeah, it's like tacos in L.A., you know, everybody's got their favorite taco truck, but they're all pretty good. They're you know? all pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like you can't, you never, I've never had like a terrible taco in L.A. Really. Neither have I, actually. I don't think, yeah. I have in New York for sure. Yep. <laughs> That's why I try to stick to L.A. tacos or Austin tacos or Mexico tacos, obviously. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I love about New York is you go into any pizza spot or bagel spot and like if it's not good, the place is not going to survive. Right. So, There's that place in Denver that like spent all this money on a water filtration system to make <laughs> to make their the chemistry of their water as close to New York water as possible. And apparently I was talking to um, Mar- this guy, Mark Schusterman. He plays for Nathaniel Rateliff and he mm. lives in Denver and says the bagels are actually incredible and they started a pizza shop too using the same water so i want to try that yeah it's pretty cool i'd be interested to try it and he's a chef so i'd I'd take his word for it (laughs) yeah duly noted again definitely gonna check those show notes and find these places for you know for whenever 
I can go to that place in a few years or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is an interesting one. Guantanamera. You know this spot? No, never heard of it. It's it's on the west side, like 54th Street, I want to say, and like 8th Ave. And I actually found out about it because this unbelievable percussionist, Pedrito Martinez, he used to play there at least once a week. Might have even been two or three times a week with this just like unreal Afro-Cuban like trio. Um, he's a Congo player mostly. And his profile has sort of gotten raised over the last few years. Like he's done some like festival appearances and stuff. I actually saw him at Bonnaroo, which was wild because I would go see this. I would go see this dude play at this Cuban restaurant on the West side. Like, you know, I go, I went a lot and then he was like, (laughs) Um, but yeah, just slamming Cuban food and like the most unbelievable Afro-Cuban salsa band. That's awesome. Yeah. That was a really fun hang. I wonder if he still plays there, actually. I should find that out. I feel like there's a few places around New York that have really solid Cuban food, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know I've had like really good Cuban food in New York on multiple occasions. You know, that's the thing. Is I mean, you can get anything. That, that's sort of an addendum, I think, to that point about regional food, where like certain things you can kind of just get anywhere. Like, um, I've, I've noticed about touring, like I've had, for example, like amazing sushi in Japan, but I've had amazing sushi in LA too. And like, but certain regional foods, you just can't, you just cannot get like pizza to me. Any other examples like throughout the U S of regional food that you really love or that you really look forward to? I think the break, the Austin breakfast taco is like, yeah. Oh man. I mean, those are amazing. That's a really good one. And you got home state here, which is pretty rad. Home state's great. I mean, their potato taco is one of my favorite tacos in L.A., honestly. I would I would maybe concur with that. I think it's also for me like I'm I'm not much of a breakfast person. And that potato taco allows me I sort of have like a weird aversion to eggs. (laughs) And that potato taco allows me to like sort of join in the breakfast taco. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. And maybe get some like vegan like egg replacer tofu oh, like live God, somewhere. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> not your not your bag. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm like new to that stuff. There actually Kitchen Mouse has a really good like tofu burrito thing. I love that place um, too. No, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's weird. I used to like have to like it used to be like gotta have eggs and bacon in the morning. And now it's like too much for me. Like I just, in the morning, it's got to be like oatmeal or a smoothie or something kind of lighter. Yeah. If I have anything more than fruit in the morning, it sort of just makes me feel terrible. Back to routine stuff real quick. Just on like thinking about, you know, you and Drew Thornton, who was mentioned earlier, are both on the Billy gig now. Drew does front of house for her. And you were both touring with Verite. Mm -hmm. Um, The Verite tours were obviously like club tours and Billy's doing arenas. So like, how does that change your routine are you still able to go out on Billy tours or are you just relying on catering and then maybe hitting a city like on a day off or something? Yeah, it's mostly that I would say, um, on show days, it's pretty much catering, which is super rad. I mean, our catering is amazing. Um, it's actually all vegan, which I've, I've sort of been moving toward that in the last year or two. Um, partially, you know, because of like all the vegan food on tour and Billy and Finn and their whole family are also vegan. So, um, I've had a lot of exposure to it. And, um, in, in quarantine, I've been like making a ton of like vegan 
dinner meals and like trying to like explore some like different ingredients that are really common. Like nutritional yeast is a big one that I had never had before. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it definitely like aligns with like where I'm trying to go, although I'm not there yet, but back to the question. Yeah. I mean, we, so we have, um, vegan catering. So, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's all amazing. And like, you know, there's like juice bar and all this stuff. And that's awesome. It's really great, man. It's like, so I'm like, I'm so grateful and lucky. It's just awesome. Um, so yeah, so like show days are I'm like mostly catering and then like, you know, like with festivals, like that's also catering pretty much. And you know, some festivals have ridiculous catering, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that's cool is like, you know, cause that's like sort of a local food thing too, is like what the caterers bring and what types of like, um, stuff they serve. And I remember playing a, I played a festival in Quebec one time. I forget what it was. Oceaga? Called. No, it was like their, it was like their summer fest, you know, it went oh, on okay. for like weeks at a time or whatever. Yep. Um, and the catering there was unbelievable. Not only was the food amazing, but like the tent you walk into, like you feel like you walked into someone's kitchen. Like they brought all this repurposed furniture and stuff in and like, it, it looked like a, an Instagram like photo shoot waiting to happen, you know, and, oh, and the food was just incredible. And I think that's just a testament to food near Montreal in general. Oh yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, and Oshiaga is well known for having some of the best catering of any I've, festival. I've never gotten to play it. Oh, but I'm, I've had friends like sending me photos from like the oyster bar at catering yep. or whatever. <laughs> yep. The lobster and all these things. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I always love that. And also a lot of European festivals have like incredible catering. Um, last year we did a, like a month of European festivals and, you know, we were in like Denmark and Sweden and stuff and it just like all, it was, it was really rad. But, um, yeah, on tour it's, you know, sort of mostly that. And then on a day off we'll be parked in a hotel in some random place. And, you know, a lot of those or some of those days we try to do what we call dignity dinners. I don't know if other tours do this or if maybe our tour manager made that term up. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. What does like that a, mean? It's just like you get, you know, a few people or the crew or, you know, the band or whatever out and you go and you sit down, you make a reservation at a nice place and like put on a real shirt and, and you know, and, and pants and like, you know, have a nice dinner with everybody because touring is like, there's just no dignity. You know what I mean? You're just like ragged <laughs> like all the time. I'm stealing dignity dinner moving forward. If I ever get to tour again, I'm stealing dignity dinner. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, it's a really great thing. It's really nice. Any dignity dinners that really stand out to you? Ooh, good question. Um, the one that's coming to mind is we went to a place in actually in New York. Perfect. Perfect question. I was ca it's called caught or catch. It's a seafood place. I think it's called Cod. I can't remember. One of those. Um, and that place was, that place is totally ridiculous. Like just, you know, could go either way on the, on the like expensive, um, bougie, but not good scale. Like yeah. you walk in and they, it's definitely a whole vibe, but it was really, really good. And like the desserts are ridiculous. And we ordered this like seafood tower thing that was just, you know, I mean, you know, those things just, yeah, that place is rad. That's awesome. So, yeah, that was, I think we were just there for a one-off. I think we did like a TV show and we just like all went out. I love the phrase dignity dinner. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's like such a relief when you get to it, you know, yeah. after four shows in a row or something, sleeping on the bus. Anything I've done that was sort of like going towards the dignity dinner 
probably turned out to like end up not being so dignified after all. Like I feel like <laughs> whenever we do that, if it's like a day off, everyone just ends up like out of their minds um, at like a hibachi place or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fun too. That's great. It's really, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, okay. Since we're back to New York, are there any other places that we missed? Well, this is funny. I don't know why I'd even need to have this in my saved places, but Peter Luger Steakhouse. I've still never been there. Oh, wow. I know. It's you should go. terrible. I need to go. <laughs> what do you do? You get the burger there or do you get steak or what, what's your move? It's funny. I've never had the burger. I heard the um, burger is fantastic. I have heard it. Maybe I should. It's kind of like that's like for me and my family, like a once a year kind of birthday place, like that's or really anniversary cool. kind of place. Yeah. Um, I've been going there since I was a kid. And like, you know, so at that frequency, it's kind of like you go, you get the steak, you do the thing. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to go for a lunch and get a burger or something. Yeah, it looks awesome. I mean, the burger looks amazing. And I'm I'm sort of on like a never ending burger hunt. Um, yeah. And that's one that I've really wanted to try for a long time. And I've just never gotten around to it. I think yeah. I just don't. I'm not good at planning stuff in advance like that, typically. Yep. Um, which is definitely something you got to do there. Oh, like months in advance. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, like like I said, I'm like really on the vegan tip recently. And like, I mean, I haven't had meat in like, I don't even know how long, a few months. You oh, know, wow. Probably. Um, and so I don't know how to feel. That's kind of the thing that I'm grappling with, with it is like, you know, <laughs> is it like, do you just go to Peter Luger once a year? Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe. I, I mean, who I cares? Know. <laughs> I don't if, know. You, if, you, if it doesn't make you feel terrible, yeah. I feel like you can get away with going to go into a steakhouse once a year. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I wonder how it would make me feel after not eating it for so long. This, yeah, this is like pretty new frontiers for me. So, um, you, you folks out there are hearing this in real time. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing it live. But so far, so good. I'm, I'm digging it. That's awesome. But I still love Peter Luger. That place is insane. Hell also yeah. the, the desserts, the schlag, the like homemade German whipped cream. Uh huh. It looks do. so good, dude. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Chocolate mousse cake. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. They actually, they got like a terrible review in the New York times, like the last round of reviews or whatever. Um, I wonder what that is. Like sometimes I feel like people do that just to be like, just to get readers. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I would read that. <laughs> I yeah, know. I, I did. And I've never <laughs> read a review of Peter Luger's really. Peter Luger. Yeah, it seems unnecessary. Yeah. So what did the review say? What was the reasoning? It, just everything about it. Like, you know, the, the waiters were ornery and like the, um, like the, they just slapped the napkins on the table and like the, the steak was fatty and like, who knows what happened? I don't know. I mean, I, I think Peter Luger will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any guilty pleasures that, that you love on the road? Ooh. I mean, you just mentioned whipped cream at Peter Luger, so I'm assuming you have something. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a dessert guy. I'm definitely a dessert Me guy. Too. I mean, I you know, I love like, you know, all the terrible like fried foods and things. Like I'll definitely eat fries and like whatever. But my vice is like sugar, I would say. And um we nowadays um a lot of times we'll get like the, the venue will make like a cake or something. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> usually obviously like all vegan, but um, every day they'll make a cake. Not every single day, but a lot of times there's like a cake or like a bunch of cupcakes or like some local like donut place will bring over like 200 donuts or something. Okay, So if it's not a cake every day and you're alternating between those three, it's still, <laughs> it's still pretty intense. It's there's no shortage of dessert. And I really have to like exercise some self-control in that. Yeah, regard. I would. I would, too, for sure. 
Yeah. And and there's plus like the whole talk of the crew all day is like, yo, did you have that coconut cream like pie in catering? Like, man, that shit is ridiculous. And I'm like, no, don't tell me that. Uh, I had recently, I don't know if you've been to Magpies in Silver Lake in Los Angeles, but it's a no. vegan ice cream place. And oh, cool. they're on, I want to say it was on Postmates, but they have a vegan soft serve pie that we got the other night. Oof. You would love it. It's amazing. Magpies. Magpies. I'll send you a link um, when, when yeah. we're done here. But it's seriously like one of the best desserts I've had in a really long time. It's incredible. Duly noted, man. That's awesome. I'm definitely on the hunt for like new vegan spots in LA. And actually, there's another one in, in Echo Park. There's two locations, Echo Park and Glendale, called Yoga Ert. It's um, all vegan, like ice cream. And, um, you know, they have a bunch of toppings and stuff. And I think they do like milkshakes and cakes and whatnot. Wow. And that is... That is super rad. Uh, was so creamy and like you just would have no idea it's vegan unless someone told you. With LA in mind, what are your favorite places to go when when you get back home from tour? Oh man, um, I should pull up my LA list to jog my memory. <laughs> actually, there's there's so many and the, uh, there's so many in Northeast LA where yeah. I live, where we live. Like probably at the top of the list is Berry Bowl. On New oh York. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It took me a long time to get hip to that place, but I love it now. Yeah. It's, I don't know why. It's, it's not like a very inviting place to see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just kind of looks whatever. And um, I don't think it gets like necessarily like standout reviews or anything, but I started going there or I started getting it delivered. It was on Postmates and I would get uh, bowls delivered. It's so good. Oh yeah. So good. And like, I guess it's, sort of guilt-free I don't, they probably have a lot of sugar in them i don't really know but you know what whatever um uh yeah i mean acai bowls are very of the moment and trendy and everything in smoothies so like you're kind of just like oh that's just another smoothie place in la like whatever but it's really good i love berry bowl it's so close that's definitely a great breakfast choice in highland park what else there's bell's bagels across the street so good that is that is the la bagel to me like i mean that's acceptable i totally agree they have a Cachoe Pepe bagel now, which I haven't had it, but it sounds insane. What? What is that? It's a, it's a Cachoe Pepe bagel. So like Cachoe Pepe pasta, just like egg, Whoa. pepper. Yeah, it's I haven't had it yet, but it seems crazy. That's wild. Yeah, man. I, I think they expanded their hours at some point in the last like year or two. I remember I was like, I used to be a pretty wild night owl now i'm not so much anymore which is very good for me i think yeah (laughs) but um on the you know continuing to like up the health game but um i would just never it was like they were like yeah we were open till noon or whenever we run out and i was like i'm never going there (laughs) (laughs) but now i can get there now you're there every day at 7 (laughs) a.m i'm not quite at that point i don't know if i ever will be but the la spots sound like neighborhood favorites for you right like you're just sticking around highland park most of the time yeah i would say those are probably most of the ones that i frequent on a regular basis um i mean there's sage which is awesome Mm -hmm. um i guess one sort of out of the way spot is jolina in venice yeah i mean i've i've been to venice maybe like in the over five years that I've lived here, I think I've been to Venice like four times. The <laughs> same. Yeah. People are like, do you go to the beach go. all the time? Yeah. No. There's actually a really great burger in Venice that I pretty much only went to because of the pandemic because there was like no traffic. It took me t- like 30 minutes to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, that restaurant, American Beauty, it's like sort of an upscale 
nicer restaurant. They have a window and they just serve like burgers and and like fries and stuff out of this window. And it's cool. super cheap. It's like three ninety nine for a burger or something. And it's awesome. It's really, really good. Oh, so worth yeah. it worth a drive to Venice in no traffic at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean that has been a, a plus side. i I can, you know, get out to like Topanga or like wherever. There's another actually speaking of burgers for the for all the burger eaters, there's a spot over there too called like something Father Father's Office. Father's Office. Yeah. yeah. That place I haven't been in a long time, but that place is really rad too. That was one of the first burgers I ever had in LA and I loved it. Same here, actually. I haven't been in a while either, but I would be interested to go back and see if it holds up. Yeah, I, that's like, that's like I haven't thought about that place in a while, but now that I, we're weirdly talking about burgers and Venice, like, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe they maybe they do an impossible or something. I don't know. Any other places in New York before we move on? I just got one more question for you, and then we can wrap it up. Oh yeah, um, other places in New York. Okay, Punjabi. Never been. Never oh, heard man. of it. <laughs> this is Punjabi is the best it's it's around the corner from Rockwood it's on um Allen Street I think no it's on Houston and Allen and um it's just a complete hole in the wall Indian spot is so cheap it might as well be free I don't even think they have a kitchen like they make it all in some spot in like Long Island City and they truck it over um, and it's, it's also basically like doll, I guess with like over rice, like there's like spinach and chickpeas. Like, I don't even know what those things are called really, but, um, just like the mushy thing made with whatever the thing yeah. is <laughs> also happens to be vegetarian, which is great. Um, it's so, it's just so cheap and it's, that you get these massive portions and it's just amazing. Is it like a late night spot or like, would you go there after, after shows at Rockwood or something? Exactly. Yeah. After cool. Rockwood or Mercury Lounge or pianos or whatever. Oh um, God. <laughs> yeah. That's the scene, you know, but I think it's <laughs> kind of one of those places you would feel weird going to during the day. Like you'd feel a little grimy or something. You know what I mean? Got it. I'm got sure it. people do, but. All right. I got one more question for you. I always like to do a fuck, Mary kill, as you probably know at the yes. end of episodes. Yes. So you talking about desserts, <laughs> we're going to go with a dessert route. Okay. So fuck, Mary kill, cake, donuts, ice cream. Oof. Okay. Um, I'm going to kill donuts. I'm with you. That's just, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't need them. Don't need them. The only donuts I ever crave are from Donut Friend in Highland Park. And donut it's not Friends. even that often. Yeah. yeah. And that could like maybe loosely be considered a cake, to be honest. Totally. Like, those, are, <laughs> those are like, you know, that's like a whole thing. That's a whole experience. Right. Um, okay, so we're killing donuts. Killing donuts. Um, I'm gonna fuck ice cream and marry cake. I think I'm with you all the way on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cake is cake is the the sensible choice. You know, I love, I love cake. <laughs> yeah, very classy. Um, we also forgot to plug your uh, your sample pack. Oh yeah, that would be great. I'd really appreciate that. I have a loop library and sample pack out with lander um i did this with a good friend of mine joe and dozo and also mike Chuchillo helped us with a bunch of stuff um recording techniques and he lent us some mics and things and basically it's it's a loop library it has like a bunch of loops like a hundred i think something like that and then one shots of all the kits and um a bunch of fills three kits um a 70s sort of like muted vibe like a uh, james taylor kind of kit and then there's like a mgmt like dance 
like indie pop kind of thing. And then this like distorted trashy quest love kit. And the whole idea behind it was I felt like I was hearing some really awesome drum loop and sample packs that I was like, this is really cool to listen to on its own, but I don't know how you would use it in a production or in a song. And I was like, I want to make stuff that's simple and easy to follow that like somebody will put it in their session and write to. And I also was getting a lot of um, songs to play on or to work on from songwriters. And they were like, oh, I just like program some shitty drums or whatever. And some people are great at programming drums. Um, but I was like, well, maybe you can use these instead of like struggling to program drums. Cause that's like a whole other thing. So that was kind of the goal is just like loops to write to loops for songwriters. And so, yeah, that's up now on Lander's sample platform. Hell yeah. That's great. Well, thanks again for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and uh, it was good to see you after what, like six months. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. Thanks again to Andrew for doing this with me. I think that we should all maybe try and implement dignity dinners into the lockdown scenario here. I think it might do a little good for everyone. Wear some pants for once, maybe. Anyway, if you want to keep up with Andrew, he's on Instagram at Marshall Drums. If you want to find us, we're on Instagram at food.ontour. And you can always email us at foodontourguys at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hold up. 